This episode is sponsored by Audible. Get a free audiobook of your choice that you get to keep with their free trial. You can learn more at lutherancartographer.com slash audible. The Lutheran Cartographer, episode 83. Welcome to The Lutheran Cartographer, the podcast where we explore what it's like to be Lutheran in different places. I'm your host, Nicholas Weber. Today we are going to Topeka, Kansas to talk to Pastor John Bruss. He is the senior pastor of St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church. Pastor Bruss, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Nicholas. It's great to be with you today. Help orient us geographically. We're in Topeka, Kansas. Where exactly is that? Topeka, Kansas is the capital city of uh, the state of Kansas, and we're in the northeast corner of uh, of our state. And um, when our German forefathers came over, uh, the first settlement in Kansas, the real Lutheran section, is about, uh, interestingly, about 70 miles to the west of us. And Topeka would be, uh, the congregation here is like a, a daughter of uh, those earlier settlements uh, just off to our west. I see. And give us a little bit of your background. Where did you come from originally, and how did you come to Topeka? Uh, I grew up in the Milwaukee area, in the greater Milwaukee area. My uh, family are, uh, I think they're kind of like two ancient strands of Missouri Synod people. One is the Saxons who came uh, up the Mississippi in 1838, and the other one is the Pomeranians who came up the St. Lawrence Seaway in 1838, and uh, I'm a descendant of the Pomeranians who came up the St. Lawrence. Um, they settled in a little area uh, northwest of Milwaukee called um, Freistadt, Wisconsin, a free city, Wisconsin, and established Trinity Evangelical Lutheran Church. And so um, I'm actually a, an eighth-generation Missouri Synod uh, Lutheran, which is uh, kind of a fun thing to be able to say. Um, yeah, and then um, my seminary education was actually not within our synod. I went to uh, Bethany Lutheran Theological Seminary, the seminary of the Evangelical Lutheran Synod, not to be confused with the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, um, and uh, uh, was colloquized into Missouri Synod in 2000, and boy, I think it was 2003 or 2006, probably 2006, and uh, received a call to Topeka, uh, in uh, 2013. I see. So tell us a little bit more about the contrast that you've seen from sort of the eastern Midwest and the uh, western Midwest. The eastern Midwest and the western Midwest, that's very interesting. <clears throat> so the contrast kind of between like uh, growing up Lutheran in Milwaukee and uh, being a Lutheran in Kansas, is that kind of what you're after? Yeah. Well, I think one of the most startling things. Um, you know, growing up Lutheran in, in Milwaukee, you think everybody is is either um, Catholic, Missouri Synod, or Wisconsin Synod. And um, I think R.J. Newhouse once put it this way. Uh, he, he said uh, he and the Catholic kids, uh, they all walked on the same block to school, went in separate doors because the Catholics went uh, across the street from the Lutheran school and they knew one thing about each other, uh, and that was that they were each going to hell. <laughs> um, I'm not certain it was that strong uh, when I was growing up in, in the Milwaukee area, but 
definitely a sense of, you know, the religious lines were definitely Lutheran or Catholic. And uh, within Lutheranism, of course, the kind of historic fault lines were pretty visible as well between uh, Wisconsin Synod and and Missouri Synod. Here uh, in Kansas, it's a different beast altogether. Uh, Methodism is a huge, has had a huge influence on this state. And so uh, that kind of Methodistic um, uh, culture is much stronger here. There are, of course, Catholics, but Lutherans are certainly not as predominant as they are in uh, southeast Wisconsin. I see. What are some of the ways that you see that Methodist influence? What's fascinating about that is that, um, of course, now with a, an almost nationalized culture, um, the, those, those, the, what I observe here is probably also observable in Milwaukee, where I haven't lived for, you know, eons. So, um, but I, there, there's a much greater uh, openness, I think, to like evangelical radio. Um, I, I don't know what they call it, K-Love or something like that. Uh, is what a lot of people listen to, and um, that uh, infiltration from uh, those voices is part of the backdrop against which a lot of our teaching and preaching needs to take place uh, in order to to clarify uh, what we mean as Lutherans uh, versus what uh, the broader evangelical world might mean. So um, you can do it on all sorts of different levels. Uh, you know, what does being saved mean, right? And this is a problem across the United States of America. Uh, evangelicals mean one thing. Uh, Lutherans mean an entirely different thing. Uh, Lutherans mean um, Christ has died for my sins, and not my sins only, but for the sins of the whole world. I'm baptized into him, and uh, and through faith uh, alone um, lay hold of all, all of his merits, uh, which is itself a gift of him to me. Um, that's not what it means in uh, evangelicalism or uh, Methodism. You know, there's a, it's not too long ago either that um, Kansas was a pretty uh, heavy blue law state, and uh, it's really funny to come from, from Wisconsin, <laughs> where, where uh, most churches have a, you know, it seems like have a beer cellar in the basement uh, to a place where um, uh, even Lutherans regard drinking beer uh, at church uh, somewhat askance. Hmm. So that's just a sort of cultural thing. Yeah, I see. Well, let's turn to the question of what are some of the good things about Topeka? Yeah, well, uh, we are in the state capitol, and that's actually pretty exciting. Um, you know, all the action um, in terms of governing the state happens less than a mile from where uh, from where our congregation is located, which is really neat. And uh, oftentimes, particularly during Lent and Advent, when we have a, a noontime uh, Wednesday service, we'll have... Um, legislators and others uh, who work at the Capitol um, and don't otherwise come to our church, come to our church simply because they're, you know, in from out of town. And that's that's always uh, fun for us. Uh, Topeka is a very salt-of-the-earth kind of place. Uh, the people are very down-to-earth, and uh, you would not call it a highbrow town at all. And I think uh, Topeka wears that kind of as a badge of honor. And in a way, that just goes really nicely with Lutheranism, because Lutheranism is, is uh, if nothing else, the, um, the story of how 
God gets his fingernails dirty uh, in the lives of sinners and saves them. And um, uh, I, I, I do appreciate the, the people here an awful lot. There just is not a lot of pretense, which is a, a, a wonderful, um, oh, I don't know, I suppose population characteristic when you're trying to be a pastor. Um, there's not a lot of shells necessarily that you got to crack in order to get down to where you can do the pastoral work. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So there seems to be a lot less, um, as you were saying, just a lot less sort of pretension or masking of, of people then? Yes, that's absolutely true. Now, not that not that we as sinners don't always wear our masks. I'm not saying that at all. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think as a general rule of thumb, what you just said, it would be absolutely true about serving uh, God's people in Topeka. Good deal. Let's talk about the flip side. What are some of the challenges about the area? Yeah, we we have significant challenges here. So at one point, uh, as recently as 1995, there were seven Missouri Synod congregations in Topeka. St. John's is the is the grandma of all of them. So just as we're the daughter of those congregations further to the West, um, we are the grandma and mother of all the remaining congregations here in Topeka. Uh, So in 1995 or so, uh, St. Paul's uh, went, um, was, uh, you know, defunct. Um, Another one uh, went closed in 2016, and so we're down to five Missouri Synod congregations in town, and meanwhile, the <clears throat> the LCMS population as a kind of percentage of the entire Topeka population has declined in a considerable way. Uh, what is fascinating about this, you can find these um, religious affiliation um, studies uh, that are done kind of on a five to ten year basis. Um, the, the, the whole amount of Christians in Topeka has not changed uh, materially at all since 1995. Uh, but <clears throat> Topeka now has um, over 10,000 um, non-denominational evangelicals, whereas in 1995, I think, I think, if I recall this correctly, there were 53. Wow. So what's happening is um, the big box operations are pulling the people off, uh, which is really uh, problematic. And, you know, our forebears uh, taught what they taught, uh, not seeing some of the trains coming down the tracks. And um, I don't think anybody uh, in the Evangelical Lutheran Church uh, in Missouri Synod congregations was ready for the onslaught of the big box uh, evangelical operation. And, and Unfortunately, a lot of the people got drawn away by it. So that's a major challenge, I would say. Um, we also have a stagnant population. Um, it has not changed, um, again, materially uh, since 1972. And so um, it's not like we're, uh, you know, in suburban America where uh, in the olden days you uh, took out a stake with a sign and uh, pounded it in a corner and said, Missouri Senate Church is meeting here next Sunday and had 200 people show up. Um, you know, we're a, an old, stable congregation um, in a very um, uh, 
um, immobile population in a, in a lot of ways. Hmm. I see. Are there any other challenges outside of the, the religious aspect to living in Topeka, or is the, the religious aspect kind of the one that weighs the most heavily? Well, you know, that's the one I, that's the only one I think of. And, you know, being a northerner, um, it, the, the heat of the summers doesn't sit well with me. <laughs> yeah. But that's just a personal challenge on my part. <laughs> um, yeah. I see. Well, let's go on and talk a little bit more about Lutheranism in the area. We've already covered it pretty well. And is there anything else about being in this more Methodist atmosphere or the atmosphere of this kind of long storied congregation that has been the mother and grandmother church of many things that we haven't mentioned that we'd like to to touch on before we talk about other things? That's a good question. Um, you know, uh, <clears throat> I, don't, I don't even know if this is appropriate for your podcast, but I'll mention it anyway. Um, our our district has seen a sea change in leadership, um, and I would argue much for the better. Um, there's been a much more. Uh, I, I want to be careful how I how I say this. Um, a decided turn toward traditional Lutheranism, and that, uh, by my lights, has been a very good thing for our district. Um, it's much easier to define oneself um, when, uh, you know, as a Lutheran, when everybody else is defining them, when everybody else in the district is defining themselves as Lutherans uh, in, very, in very clear ways, uh, this and not that. Um, so that's been a fascinating uh, change that we've seen over the last, uh, since really 2015, uh, when um, now first vice president of the Synod, Peter Lang, was uh, elected the district president, and the, the, um, that trajectory continues uh, in Kansas. And I, um, frankly, uh, believe it's one of the most exciting districts to be serving in right now in our Synod uh, because of that, um, because of the, the vigor of uh of our confession uh at work that is excellent to hear let's take a moment to thank our sponsor if you enjoy listening to audio and to the lutheran cartographer you will also enjoy audible it's a service from amazon that gets you a audiobook of your choice every month and you can also try out the service for free for 30 days that comes with a free audiobook that you get to keep even if you decide not to continue with their service. Check it out at lutherancartographer.com audible. If you're looking for a book to explore this month, I would recommend checking out Pastor Will Wheaton's Thank, Praise, Serve, and Obey, Recovering the Joys of Piety. It's a book about Lutheran piety, not pietism, and it was a great blessing to me as I listened to it on my trip out to Missouri. So check it out at lutherancartographer.com slash audible. Let's get back to our guest. Let's turn now to the question of what it's like to raise a family there in Topeka. Yeah, Topeka, it's interesting. You probably have talked to others about this. Um, you know, California is emptying out. <laughs> and uh, people are 
people are moving back to the Midwest, and uh, Topeka is not, uh, it's not kind of an epicenter for that by any stretch of the imagination. But, um, yeah, you know, uh, this is the kind of place that's regarded uh, by lots of people as a as a very good place to raise a family. It's not a huge town, 125,000 uh, total. Uh, I can get from one place to another on most days uh, within 10 minutes, which is, you know, ridiculous. I'm telling this to a guy who's been in Seattle and St. Louis, and I know it's nothing like that uh, where you're at. Um, the um, But there are some tough uh some, some rough edges here in Topeka as well. Our, our congregation is in the, uh, oh, in a pretty rough neighborhood. It's, let's put it this way, it's seen its better days. Uh, we have lots of turnover and uh, lots of rental housing around here. Um, and, uh, you know, just to give you an example of this, of what this is like, um, it was this spring. I was working away in my office on a sermon, and I hear, bam, 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 bam. And look out, and uh, there's a guy at the corner where our church is located on a motorcycle uh, doing donuts in the middle of the intersection, shooting a gun in the air. <laughs> so uh, there's a there's a lot of and and uh, out of my out of my window looking to the north, I can see a um, what I'm certain is a drug dealer's house. Uh, lots of traffic in and out, and lots of police visits. So. Um, you know, those are the rough edges of Topeka. Um, the outlying areas, of course, like in so many urban areas, uh, have lots of, you know, really stable suburban kinds of um, situations uh, where you have middle and upper middle class houses. Um, but you've got that mix in Topeka, and that's a very clear mix. This is also the place where Brown v. took place. I, are you aware of that? Brown v. Board of uh, Education? I've um, heard of that landmark case, yeah. Case. yeah. Yeah, landmark case. So um, there was a point in time uh, when um, racial tension was very high in Topeka. And um, interestingly enough, I don't see that any any longer. There's, you know, there are uh, white neighborhoods and black neighborhoods and Hispanic neighborhoods, but I just don't see any sort of overt racism at all. Interesting. What are the educational options available for families? We have got a, a Lutheran school, which is, um, you know, really a wonderful thing to have. Uh, it was uh, <clears throat> the school of St. John. So it used to be St. John's school um, from prior to prior to the actual organization of the or, of the congregation. Um, there was for about a year a school and that gave rise to the congregation. So that would have been back in the. Um, the congregation was founded in 1874, so the school would have started in 1873. By 1953, uh, St. John's had spawned a bunch of daughter congregations and decided to uh, turn their school into a an association school. Uh, so they bought a new property in um, uh, at a growing part of town, which is now very much the inner part of town. Um, and at one point in time, there were, you know, 300, 330 kids in that, in that school from, um, all of the local congregations in Topeka over time for various reasons, financial and, and other, um, the remaining, uh, congregations fell out of the association, uh, leaving St. John's, uh, faith Lutheran 
and Christ Lutheran as the sole members of the association. So uh, we regard Topeka Lutheran School as our school, and uh, that's a K-8 institution. It's got um, a daycare uh, and uh, preschool uh, connected with it. So uh, that's a very a very helpful thing for Lutherans in raising their families. Uh, you know, raising a Lutheran family is a three-legged stool. It's what happens at home. What happens uh, in the divine service on Sunday morning, and actually participating in it, and it's what happens uh, in the in the Lutheran school. And uh, when those three legs are in place, you raise Lutherans. Uh, when they're not, um, you know, uh, you you reduce your chances of uh, passing on the faith. So our school is a real prize to us. Uh, from that point on, we've just got uh, all we've got is public school options. Uh, so there are, um, in greater Topeka, probably five or six high schools, um, uh, some in Topeka proper and some in the outlying areas. Uh, people, I think, generally favor those in the outlying areas to those um, in the inner areas. Um, and then we've also got a university here called Washburn University. It's, it's basically an open access uh, public institution, and it's just a couple miles from us. Uh, we have a at St. John's, we've got a, an LCMSU chapter and uh, try to serve um, Missouri Synod students from Washburn University uh, at, our, at our church. Let's turn now to one of the, the fun parts of the podcast where we talk about what are some things that you'd recommend seeing, hidden gems or not-so-hidden gems, restaurants, things to do, museums. If you had a friend coming into town, what would you recommend that they see? Oh, boy, I'll tell you what. <clears throat> Topeka's got some great stuff to see. Um, <laughs> the Capitol building is the neatest Capitol building I've ever been in. And if you go in there um, on a day when it's not too windy, you can even go up through the dome out onto the parapet and uh, you know stand on the outside of the dome and, and get this fantastic view of the area. But that is a must-see thing. I think everybody's got to see the state capitol. Uh, there's a children's museum here. Um, we've lived in Topeka um, long after we had any little munchkins. <laughs> so I've never been to the children's museum, but people love it. Um, uh, you're going to love this, Nick. Um, they, the Evil Knievel Museum is located in Topeka. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if you've got little boys... <clears throat> And you're looking for a weekend away, uh, and you're in the Midwest, come to the Evil Knievel Museum, and then come to church at St. John's on Sunday. That's how, that's how it would work. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, and we've got a, uh, we have a very, our park system is quite nice, actually. And um, there is um, uh, a time in the spring, and I think it varies a little bit based upon weather, kind of maybe early April, typically, uh, called tulip time. And they plant, I, I mean, I, I have no idea. I've seen the numbers published somewhere. It's, it's hundreds of thousands and maybe even millions of tulip bulbs uh, in the public parks around here. And it's, it's just really a sight to behold. It's kind of like you're transported to the Netherlands. So those are, those are some of the neat things. And then nearby, we've got what are this neat geographical feature called the Flint Hills, which is this stretch of, of um, virgin prairie that runs from Nebraska 
the, the Kansas-Nebraska border down to the Kansas-Oklahoma border. Um, and these hills have, um, they've got uh, limestone right underneath the surface of the soil. And the farmers, you know, uh, the settlers couldn't plow it. So it's remained unscathed, and uh, it's just a sight to behold there. You know, in many places, just you, you couldn't see a tree uh, if you turn 360 degrees, but they, these hills just sort of roll, and it's this beautiful grass, and it changes color all the time. It's, it's really worth um, checking out if you come to Topeka. Wonderful. If you had to recommend one or two restaurants, what would you highlight? Oh, one or two restaurants. Well, it depends upon uh, what kind of food you like. Um, I definitely would uh, recommend um, uh, Jong's Thai Kitchen, which is uh, just just dangerously close to our our church. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, they've got fantastic food. It's a really tiny place. You got to have a reservation if you want to eat there, um, but it's absolutely worth it. Yeah, and then food characteristic of the area. There's another place called Lonnie Q's Barbecue. And uh, Lonnie Q is this guy who's got such a barbecue recipe that, I mean, I, if I, I can't remember what it is. He might be open like two or three days a week. That's it for just a couple hours a day. That's when you got to get it. If you don't get it, then <laughs> you ain't getting it. <laughs> Wow. And people line up out the door. Um, you know, if you go there for lunch, uh, you better plan on staying for a couple hours because you're going to be an hour in line just to get in the door. Wow. All right. Good deal. So, Pastor Bruss, as we start to, to close out the podcast, I want to make sure to give you the opportunity to highlight anything that you'd like, your church's website, places to follow you online. Where would you like to point our listeners? Yeah. Um, well, definitely, uh, our church's website. If you Google St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church, Topeka, Kansas, you'll find us. Um, and uh, that's a great place to find a lot of information about our congregation. And uh, have you been there yourself? Have you looked at our website? I have. It's uh, stjohnlcmstopeka.org. Correct. Yeah. And uh, I think, uh, hopefully, uh, as you look at that website, uh, you get in pictures, um, uh, the pictures project uh, what we are as a congregation, and, you know, we sum it up with three words, traditional, confessional, and surgical, and um, I think that, I think our website is actually a really fantastic thing and, um, and tells, tells our story pretty well, um, and really, uh, to tell our story is to tell the story of Christ at work uh, in His Church forgiving sins. So, um, yeah, I, uh, I love our website. Uh, and you said, did you say, are there any other places you want me to point people? Yeah, um, if, if you have a, a blog or just was curious if there was anything else you'd like to, to point our listeners to. Absolutely. You know, um, my, uh, the associate pastor and I have, a, have our own podcast. It's called the Plucked Chicken Podcast, and I can tell you about the name in a sec. Um, let's see, this is, uh, available at, uh, you know, thepluckedchicken.com. Um, and, uh, my colleague used to be, uh, an evangelical and became a Lutheran. And so, um, he's got a lot of interesting things to say. And, and, uh, and so this podcast is devoted to kind of, 
uh, rummaging through the attic of of Lutheranism and evangelicalism and um, um, really demonstrating the ways in which uh, evangelicalism, despite its many claims to be biblical and uh, so on and so forth, uh, simply, um, you know, misses the mark. And uh, so it's a polemical podcast. Uh, if people are into polemics, uh, they probably enjoy that one an awful lot, thepluckchicken.com. Fantastic. Uh, dear listener, you'll find links to both St. John's webpage and to the Pluck Chicken podcast at the show notes page for the episode, which will be at lutherancartographer.com slash 83. Pastor Bruss, thank you so much for your time today. What are your parting thoughts for our listeners? My, my parting thoughts for our listeners would be uh, this, that the, the gospel uh, that uh, we are privileged as Lutherans to have received uh, from the faithful transmission over so many centuries um, and from the Lord himself is, um, is too precious to give up. And I, I, I would pray that every single Lutheran uh, would embrace it uh, wholeheartedly um, and, um, uh, and understand it, seek to understand it. Uh, and the more you seek to understand it, the more comfortable you're going to be, uh, be in talking about it. And the more comfortable you are in talking about it, the more naturally it's going to enter your conversation and the more people are going to be drawn to the to the beautiful uh, gospel of the free forgiveness of sins in, in Jesus Christ. Wonderful. Thank you again. God's peace. God's peace. Thanks, Nick. Thanks for listening to the Lutheran Cartographer. For more about the things that we talked about today, check out the show notes page. That'll be at lutherancartographer.com slash 83. I want to remind you of that Audible offer. You can go to lutherancartographer.com slash audible to take advantage of that. And until next time, I'm Nicholas Weber. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you soon.